0: the american shoreline podcast network's coverage of the 2019 asbpa national conference in myrtle beach is brought to you by cdm smith collaborating with national agencies and local partners for sustainable coastal environments and resilient coastal communities thank you to cdm smith for your
1: support Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special week on the American Shoreline Podcast. My name is Peter Ravella, the co-host of the show. And this is Tyler Buckingham, the other co-host. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, we've arrived. Uh, we are here for the National American Shore and Beach Preservation Association Conference Tyler, it's been great to get to Myrtle Beach. We came in yesterday and uh, had a chance to spend time around town already feeling very welcome here in South Carolina. It's a beautiful
0: beach town, Peter. I've never been. uh, This is my first time in Myrtle Beach, and I got to say, I'm pleasantly surprised. Uh, Exceeded my expectations. Uh, I, I shouldn't even say that, but... Uh, it's a beautiful beach town
1: Uh, Peter let's talk about just our road trip down Ocean Boulevard yeah you know this is uh, and I got to say Tyler and I were taking a tour coming up and down Ocean Boulevard which is the main drag on the beachfront in Myrtle Beach and uh, really trying to assess the combination of private beachfront development high-rise towers uh, restaurants bars and public access and I was pretty impressed I have to say uh, we stopped a few times. We came through the public access parking areas onto the boardwalk in front of Myrtle Beach. I don't know, Tyler. I think the balance of interest that they've developed in Myrtle Beach is is pretty damn attractive, and I think a good model for other places.
0: It's hard to do in a lot of places, but they've done it here, and uh, it's great to see. I mean, to have a pedestrian walkway on the coastal side of the development is so cool. And the other thing I like is that the road, Ocean Boulevard, is narrow. It's it's one lane on each side with a very frequently there's, you know, a center median where delivery trucks and folks that are servicing the uh, hotels and, and restaurants on the beachside can park and conduct that business. But it's also it's a narrow street. And, it's not a huge barrier. And I, 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 you know, it's funny. We've we've been. uh Trying to figure out, like, what is it like? I can't think of another place that is exactly like this. It, at times, it's quite dense. It's quite urban. But you have that pedestrian walkway on the other yeah. side. I just think it's a great balance. Uh, Myrtle Beach has impressed me.
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, and, and the high rises along the beachfront. This is a highly commercialized. In the area we are, we're, we're around the convention center. So we're in the area where there's hotels 15, 20, 25 stories, I think, maybe that tall and up and down the shorefront. So a lot of business and commercial development on the beach side, the accesses seem well integrated and so well done. People seem to be walking up and down the beach. Look, here's the difference. The size of the roadway along the waterfront is not Galveston and we love Galveston. No uh, offense. The Last city. year's uh, ASBPA conference location. Conference location. and uh, But it's a four-lane road with a center, so you've got five lanes of traffic. In the heat of the summer, it is a huge asphalt barrier, and it is right up against That's the beach. Great point. I, I I So there's an example of the density of, of road traffic development and, and how it relates to use and access to the shoreline. Right. Um, and then this—, this pathway that is seaward of the buildings that allows you to walk between the high-rises. And this is unlike Walton County in Florida, where if you're on the beachfront in front of the Holiday Inn in Walton County, uh, they're going to call the sheriff unless you have a badge on your ankle that says you're a guest at the hotel. Clearly, South Carolina and Myrtle Beach decided not to do that. And folks walk right through the private property onto a, a pathway that runs parallel to the shoreline seaward so you can walk up and down the beach it's 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 interesting let I'm, me just say too i don't know i like me, it i like
0: I, it well it's it's likable and that's what i want to say is that the intuitive nature of the way that this beachfront works given the amount of private development that is happening right on the shore is impressive i i, I confess i don't believe i've ever seen it work quite this well yeah. Um, there are a lot of beach towns I haven't seen, <laughs> right? But uh, I've seen a lot, and this is a, a highly functional. You just you know where a public beach access is. It's intuitive. Seems easy to find. It's, and and if you if you drop it, let's say you park a couple blocks down the way, and you want to walk down to your the bar or whatever you're going, uh, you walk along this boardwalk system that is efficient. Okay. It's ADA compliant. Uh, it this this beach town is the other thing that struck us Peter I, I, I mean what I want to say is this beach town is truly accessible to the beach the other thing that struck me is that this beach town is clean um, yeah strikingly clean it's, I mean when I, and when I say that let's yeah. let's let's characterize that better Uh, the roads the 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 appearance of the town it, the the place has got some spit and polish, folks. Right, and uh, it's part of the brand. But it it strikes me, it's there, it's real. Yeah. And, um, and
1: but here's the thing, Tyler. It's October. Yeah, yeah it's, it's true. You no, know, it's late October. We are. It
0: is the, It is dead as dead can be. Yeah.
1: It's thinly. I mean, uh, the roadway is not packed with cars. Correct. And we don't really know what the strictures, uh, the constraints are on access here. I'm sure that there are folks. <laughs> In Myrtle Beach, you could tell us where are the good spots to get to the beach and what the difficulty is in terms of parking or cost. And oh, that totally, kind of thing. But, totally, totally. But the structure of the town is what we're talking about, and the structure looks good. The integration of access and private development, to me, I'm, you know— We were talking to Ruben Trevino about this, our good friend from Galveston, but he was also the beach uh, shoreline director for South Padre Island. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. And and the way that access is uh, provided in South Padre Island is reasonably decent with the cul-de-sac street ends on the shoreline. This just looks like there's more access and more quality and character to the way people can get to the shoreline. I don't know. So I guess what we're saying, we're kicking this off by saying, you know, we're pretty, pretty much liking what Myrtle Beach is doing on the shoreline so far.
0: I'm digging. Uh, I'm digging. Before we get any further, Peter, I want to uh, thank, again, our audience knows by now that uh, CDM Smith has been uh, so generous and so supportive uh, to the American Shoreline Podcast Network and Coastal News Today to be supporting us. And you guys need to know more about them. Uh, collaborating with national agencies and local partnerships for sustainable coastal environments and resilient coastal communities. That might sound like a tagline, but guys, these guys are the real deal. This is a, a multinational company that does coastal projects all over the world and does great work. They take tremendous pride in what they do. Um, I like to believe that's why they're supporting us, Peter. <laughs> well, I do. I'm, I, I'm, yeah, because they want this conversation to happen, a, and we appreciate
1: it. We do. Thank you very much to CDM Smith Thank for you so much. making it possible for us to be here in Myrtle Beach and cover the American Shore and Beach Preservation Association Conference. Thanks for Derek Brockbank, who's the co host. I mean, he's the host of our Capital Beach podcast. Not quite the co host. That's Not, my job. Yeah, on, uh, on ASPN. But. Uh, we really know that the conversations here re- matter. Uh, we've already, in tonight at the beginning reception, had a chance to talk to a number of people I'm excited to, to, to talk to over the well, next let's, few days.
0: But let's, let, let, if you don't mind, Peter, let no, me uh, set the scene. So, yeah, go ahead. Here we are. We, we, we flew in uh, Monday night, folks, and here we are. We spent the day in uh, Myrtle Beach exploring the, the coastline and just trying to get, get a sense of the vibe and uh tonight we went to the i'm not going to say the kickoff because it was the night before the kickoff we went to this sort
1: of uh, the sponsors uh reception yeah with the
0: vendors and and folks who had booths Mm -hmm. and it was just great to kick this thing off and and meet you know see all of our familiar faces friends friends of the pod a lot of folks who you all have heard of shannon kniff and derek brockbank and uh
1: Brian uh Caulfield. Caulfield. And, Thank you. Johnny Martin from Moffitt Nickel. Yeah. And uh our, our you know uh our good friends from Great Lakes Red and Doc, who Thank we're you. looking forward to talking yeah. to. I mean So we got lots of pods coming up that are gonna be killer.
0: And uh the, the you know, the the reason why we come to ASBPA every year and the reason why it's so great for us to cover this is that ASBPA ASBPA is one of the uh premier it is the premier coastal conference in america when it comes to yeah. uh the science engineering and you know the how to yeah uh managing shorelines and we yeah, do a
1: lot policy engineering and science so, look geology all, all, on all aspn
0: where we we cast a broad net our audience is well aware of that but it is important for us to come back this these are the main springs of managing coastlines yeah the science the engineering the policy yeah, and AS, uh, ASBPA is uh, by far the national leader uh, as far as an organization that that does that. So mm-hmm. uh, we are so stoked to be here and to pod from this event. And our goal, fellas and ladies, is to bring you the best takes. You know, basically yeah. to bring you the what 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 is everyone talking about? That said, hey, you know, this is a new trend. This is. Man, I'm thinking about that differently now. Yeah.
1: Why does this project work? Yeah. Well, what was successful about this project? That's approach? what we're doing. How, do we, how did the financing and the policy and the engineering come together? Right. I mean, I'm looking forward to a lot of things uh, at, the, at over the next uh, f- three days here while we're in, four days when we're in Myrtle Beach. What we are going to talk to the folks who are co-chairing ASBPA's 2020 conference, which will be out in Long Beach, California, so we're going to talk, we're going to get to... Can big, I hear an amen? <laughs> going out to Tyler's territory out on the West Coast. But uh, we're going to get a chance to talk to them and introduce uh, them to our listeners about the what's going to happen next year. That's part of it. But the, uh, the quality of the people who, why I love coming to conferences, why I like talking to the professionals is... Uh, there is a depth of knowledge here that we take for granted as professionals, and you know we worked in the in the industry for a while. You get used to the fact that you that you know a lot about what's going on. We're not all perfect. We're not the the purveyors of perfect truth, but there is insight and there is intelligence. And Tyler, that's what the that's what the damn tagline is for Coastal News Today and ASPN is insight and intelligence for thriving shorelines. I like talking to smart people. I would like to understand their perspective, even when they vary. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this week.
0: Yeah. I mean, listen, this is a unique gather- gathering of uh, thought leaders in the space of coastal engineering, design, science, policy, and... Uh, we have to bring this to our listeners because when it comes to creating a, the, the, the right environment for thriving shorelines, we have to all be able to speak the same language. Mm-hmm. And some of these languages that are spoken in the science realm or yeah. the policy realm don't add up right. d- directly directly. Uh, It's like long division trying
1: to figure some of this shit out, (laughs) Peter. (laughs) It truly is. Well, it is. And I think uh, when you think about the skill set necessary to truly understand shoreline dynamics, where uh, the nearshore sediment transport modeling, uh, high-tech engineering, uh, coastal geology, the depth of information you need to advise a community about a 30 40 50 million dollar program or project is quite high
0: but can it goes beyond
1: that well like, that's what i'm saying is that's the baseline and here's correct. what's on yeah. top of that I'm what's following. on what's on top of that is the sophistication it takes to manage that project in the public dialogue in the political process where the money will be approved where the contracts will be let and And the diversity of views and the diversity of the ways that the shoreline is used and the different views. This is what I like about what ASBPA is trying to do and what Derek's trying to do. And it's what we're trying to do. you got to be technically solid, very sound on the engineering and design. You have to be sophisticated in how you relate to the public. You have to understand financing and you have to understand politics. And that means... Everybody from the geologists to the engineers to the city managers to the city council members to the and local legislators, all of that through the county, through the tourism industry. This is the this is the realm of the discussion that we're going to be able to talk about here. Is that is that kind of what? No, it's it's on the money, man. And,
0: and uh, you know, I, I don't want to do a long string of thank yous because it's boring for all you listeners out there. But you should know that. ASBPA is a broad organization, a big old board of thought leaders in this space. And all of those members, uh, I'm going to start with Tony Pratt, and I'm just going to say on down, mm-hmm. deserve a huge uh, thank you from us because they are allowing us to be their media partner and bring this story to the American public at large. Mm-hmm. Because we believe and they believe that this is a valuable uh,
1: exercise. E-
0: beyond exercise, Peter. This is, this is a high watermark of uh, where the conversation is every year. And mm-hmm. we need to bring it to our listeners. Yeah. Um, but obviously, we, we've got to thank Tony Pratt. Uh, we've got to thank the, the visionaries that have allowed this organization that uh historically has been more narrowly focused frankly yeah um to embrace us because we are not that brand we are we are yeah. di- we are different and uh man was it cool tonight peter being there at this uh this kind of reception Literally, event yeah. and all these people have have listened to pods and they've they've uh learned things and found resource in what we're doing and to our yeah. listeners i just want to thank you for listening but also uh you know it's just such an honor to to be able to do this and to to be able to deliver this message to you uh, yeah, it's because it treat. really we know it's important that's why we did this we set off <laughs> un, with the with a belief jo- that's all we had was a belief that right. that yeah. what's happening here needs to be spread beyond the conference walls and here we are yeah. uh, a year after we kicked off this endeavor basically yeah and we're sharing this with thirty-five thousand uh people and uh we we couldn't be more honored and thrilled to do that and uh, i i owe i just want to thank all the folks at at ASBPA and beyond yeah. for, for being receptive to this Ken conversation. Goddardham
1: and Ken, who've worked with us into making sure that we're here, have the right recording studio space. Thank you very much to the folks at, at ASBPA who've helped us there. But little known history here, a little bit. The first podcast we ever recorded was at ASBPA Fort Lauderdale. In 2017, right? Yeah, throwback. It was a one-off. We were. <laughs> well, it wasn't a one-off. It was a pilot. It was. The, it was a pilot show, and we sat on the back deck of the. Uh, I believe it was the Hilton, wasn't it? Uh, it was right. Was it the Hilton? Hilton. Yeah. The World Series was going on that night, unfortunately. Uh, which is going on tonight. Game one of the World Series is tonight, which we are not getting to watch. Yet. We're not going to discuss that. We are not. And, and uh, hey, the Lakers kick off the NBA season tonight. We will be discussing against that against the we're do, Clippers. We're going to do 45 be, minutes on the it's, Lakers. It's uh, Kawhi uh, in, Leonard versus LeBron on the kickoff show from L.A. in the NBA. <laughs> that's going to be interesting to we talk about. We won't but, get into that. But, um but it, it really was... ASBPA was the first time we tested out the notion of putting together a professional-level podcast about coastal issues. Last year, we were in Galveston, uh, and we did a slate of shows. Can I can I just really pause good. real and, fast? So this is our third ASBPA. That's what I want to say. Oh, yes, of course. You know, totally. Doing pods. This is our third consecutive
0: ASBPA where we're potting, mm. and we have uh, dramatically <laughs> improved our situation every time. I think we have. Uh, we haven't died. Folks, uh, I got to say... Uh, that Fort Lauderdale, ASBPA, this was two years ago, where we really workshopped the idea of this podcast network. And uh, what we did was we just set up a microphone on a bench outside mm-hmm. and invited, oh, I don't know, 15 people to join us at various times. There was no rules. You just show up and sit yeah. around a mic and talk. Yeah. And the conversation was so good. The audio quality wasn't very good. But the conversation was so good it gave it gave us peter a sense that this was real and that we needed that we ought to pursue capturing these reactions and it was all at asbpa where where we find ourselves now so thank you to don uh york don york such a such a fucking badass (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, total badass And uh, who was on that pod And Pippa yeah. and everyone else yes, who joined Pippa us from uh, uh,
1: the New York City landscape architect folks yes, who are Skype. Working around, uh, Yeah, Skype I believe Skype uh, or escape escape Spencer from uh, NCC grant. Um, it, oh, it, Peter, it, your recall is yeah, exceptional. Uh, right Ruben was on that and, and sat Straight. down with us. There were several folks who came in, um, friends
0: of the pod. Uh, we're going to have Don on again. Listen,
1: the, the point is that
0: as we approach this a year into kind of our, our official run, uh, we are grateful for the support yeah. for the listenership, uh, we obviously we wouldn't exist without our listeners. So a, a big thank you to you. Now, Peter, I, I want to shift the conversation if I may.
1: Yeah, go ahead. Do you have
0: anything else you want to say? Well, I do want to say yeah, on, on, I'm on let the you history do it of the ASPN. Cause yeah. then I'm going to shift this. Motherf- We're going <laughs> to <laughs> so be ready.
1: We are, we have uh, done more than 200 shows since right, three man. Memorial day, uh, labor day kickoff in 2018. And that is, uh, because we of course we headline the uh, the, our main show the American Shoreline podcast but all of our podcast hosts uh, Derek Brockbank uh, of course the the Capitol Beach Howard Marlowe and Dan Janolfi with the Waterlog podcast Dan Martin from Chicago with Next Gen Waterfronts who is only getting better on his podcast Leslie Ewing from California with Shore Words about literature great show that just came out with an author of deep um, we, You know, we, Jenna Valente from Boston, who has become a real favorite of mine on Coastal Advocacy and the Sea Change podcast. Another ASBPA connection right. from Fort Lauderdale, That's by the right. way. Met her in Fort Lauderdale at ASBPA. And the Sea Change, this Changing Waters podcast from the Pacific Northwest with Thane Tinson and Brad Warren. I mean, it's just, it's a collaboration and it's in a discussion and it's a dialogue and these people put their time and energy into this and help make this network what it is. And thank you to all of the podcast hosts out there who who do this. We love working with you guys. Let's keep doing it. And uh, I gotta say, we have some cool ideas about new shows, which I know we're not ready to talk about. Yeah, that's a secret at this that's point. That's a secret but, at this point. But go but, ahead. But,
0: but but and I'm just gonna say it again. Thank you again to CDM Smith because uh, it's 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 thanks to the. Uh, operators like CDM Smith, who understand the value that, that we are trying to bring to this community more broadly. Yeah. And by investing in our coverage and investing in uh, this discussion, yeah. uh, we are able to expand the national discussion, the national understanding yeah. of, of what the coast means broadly. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm afraid to even say shoreline management because it's bigger than shoreline management, yeah. and uh, it's the interconnectivity and de-siloization of the discussion that we are striving to bring to you guys, right. and firms like CDM Smith that get it, that understand that by investing in this discussion, they are uh, helping themselves because <laughs> frankly, they 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 will benefit
1: from. Yeah, uh, this discussion in a, in a more broad sense. So, well, the public understanding uh, is important. It is a it is a long haul. We are a small voice in a big conversation around the country when it comes to the, these issues. But I absolutely believe. I wouldn't say small. Well, smaller. I mean, I'm I'm being humble about it. I you think are. I you think you are, and that is. Admirable. I think we, you know, we I, 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 we are going to be a bigger voice. I mean, it's it's been a really good uh, first year on the podcast and network, has. And, has. And, and and we're and grateful for that. We are, and it continues to grow, but. Um, the public does, is not, and this is what I say to all of the hosts we have, I also say to the professionals that we interview, it's important that people understand what you do for a living and why you do it and how you do it, even if they disagree. Because the, the, uh, I was talking to somebody at the reception tonight and I said, look, the reason I like inter- the, in- the opportunity to interview the professionals that we work with is because there's almost no case where I am doubting the intention and the commitment to doing the best that they can. Right. It's it, it, it's there. These issues are not simple. It's not black and white. It's not always quite clear. There's a there's a lot of guesswork that goes into it. I think that's not quite the right word, but let's just say we're 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 dealing with multifaceted uh, environments that are very complex and dynamic, and they change. Uh, but what I what what I'm saying is, I respect the work and the effort and the energy and the professionalism of the folks who do this for a living. And uh, I think it's important that the public is more familiar. And again, I'm not trying to say that they're going to come to the same conclusion. They may listen to these folks, understand, gee whiz, that's the engineering perspective they have. This is how they're approaching that. And I still think that's a horrible idea. That can happen. But the perception will be much more educated. And that's what we're after. That's what I'm after.
0: That's what we're after. We are after that, Peter. Uh, we are on the same page, uh, right because the what we ask of the coastal space is not uh monolithic uh-uh. ever ever mm. is it that way and no. so we must be more nuanced, and just by virtue of putting out uh perspectives, we are helping yeah. the the space understand. Uh, at least those perspectives and we aim on this network to bring them all right this is a safe space for all coastal perspectives let's talk about that
1: i think go for it it matters a great deal and this has to do with curating the news on coastal news today yeah bringing together the subject matters where we're putting side by side oil and gas uh, uh coastal energy stories on offshore energy or oil and gas leasing in the gulf of mexico next to tourism, next to recreation, next to engineering, and next to fisheries. And I've had folks come up to me this year and said, why the heck are you guys doing all this coverage of energy? And I said, because it, it drives the Gulf Coast of America. If you don't understand the power and the economic vitality of the oil and gas industry in the Gulf of Mexico region, which, by the way, is a significant source of revenue for coastal restoration all through Gomesa, if you don't understand that you're, I mean, as much as I'm not saying I'm I'm, I'm for or against offshore oil and gas development, I'm, it, I'm, it's not about that. I know this is a powerful economic interest on the American shoreline and in the Northeast becoming more powerful can because I, of wind. I mean, that's just one example. I, can you can't I, I, ignore it, Peter. I want to I want to pile on yeah, to your little okay.
0: puppy pile on that. Uh, here's what's interesting, folks, to me about this is that depending on what sector we come from, we have different like comfort zones. Right. So one of the things that Peter is really comfortable with is oil and gas exploration because he's got a career on the Gulf Coast, A, and you when you were a young lad, you actually worked as a
1: I was a roughneck. You were a
0: fucking roughneck, yeah, bro, I worked, on,
1: I worked on oil and gas wells, eighteen thousand foot gas wells and drilled and that to know who these people are and what they yeah. do and I got yeah, it. Yeah, turns know, out they're like. human beings. So right here's what's cool about that. <laughs>
0: Now we're seeing this wind surge in uh, development. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of overlap in terms of the people involved in the work. I'm not saying, yeah. I'm not talking about that. Obviously, no. there's different environmental impacts to from wind.
1: Right. To, but the but The, the, sh, the, shipping, the mechanics. The the mechanics. These are the big machines
0: that you're putting offshore. Right. You've got to ship them out. you got to... There will be people who are working out there maintaining right. them. Right. It's, it's going to be a similar cast of characters, folks. I think so. And you know what? Uh, your faithful correspondent Peter Ruvella is want to there know about to. It. It, he, he wants. He's curious about it, and he wants to know about it. And we're going to bring that story to you. Now, if you're an engineering firm, you might be thinking, a coastal engineering firm, for right. that matter. You might be thinking, well, I don't do any work doing oil and gas. I tell you what, you're. You're damn wrong.
1: You're damn wrong. <laughs> well, the ports that you work in and the places that you are, the, the economic interest. I mean, this is, this is the inter- interconnectedness that we argue for, is if you're in Galveston Bay and you're a bay shrimper, uh, or you're in the recreational industry and you rent canoes and kayaks, and, or you run a fishing guide service in Galveston Bay— Down the middle of this bay system runs the interstate of oil and gas production in America through the Houston Ship Channel. It's one of the biggest, deepest, most important channels. And you are recreating or fishing or, you know, commercially or recreationally in the highway, essentially. And this is the unavoidable overlap of economic interests that happen on the coast and why we believe... That if you're a fisherman it's a good thing to look down the road and understand what's happening in shipping and in oil and gas or if you are in tourism keep an eye on what's happening in the real estate industry and what airbnb is doing and what rental market changes because the rental market modification and changes is transforming coastal communities all around america it's and it changes the character of communities it changes the politics i mean this is why I mean, it, I, I argue this as it, it, you have to be a bit of a renaissance person to take yeah. the broad look at the damn interaction. That, and as you said, I think quite right, Tyler. We ask a lot of the coast. We ask a hell of a lot, and we have to pay attention to who's asking, and we're all asking. We are all asking. The American shoreline is a watercolor,
0: and the colors bleed, folks. That's good. And uh, if you... Think that you can stay in your own zone and not bleed into another zone, you are not on the American shoreline. Yeah, just quite quite simply, you'll get blown away. Not there. All right. So, Peter, anyway, I want to. That's uh, our pitch.
1: uh, Well, (laughs) I mean, that's why we're trying to. That's why we're we're here. That's That's why why we are
0: here in Myrtle Beach. Uh, We, of course, uh, would love to uh, hear anyone who wants to hear from anyone who wants to. Uh, utilize our uh, platform for advertisements. You can reach out to us at <laughs> Peter at coastanewstoday dot or Tyler at coastanewstoday dot We'd love to hear from you. Uh, or if you're at the conference, just come right on up and see us. We'd love to talk to you. Now, right. Peter, I want right. to change the subject. All right, go ahead. Uh, Let's talk about these uh, Arctic ice cliffs and how they might not be contributing Mm. to sea level rise as much as predicted.
1: Well, I think uh, this is
0: a top story today. News today on On Coast News
1: Today. Well, I think everybody knows that, uh, you know, when I'm curating the news and and I have been since the beginning, really paying attention to what's happening in the Arctic. And it's not that people aren't generally aware that the ice, uh, the, the amount of ice, particularly the persistent ice that's longer than five years old is melting which is what's changing is the economic access to the arctic circle uh this is as i say this is the last great land rush on planet earth this is when you think about it when we when the european powers came to the american shoreline in 1492 and in the 1500s and that the 60s, was a land rush and we had the you know the 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 What was the doctrine? I can't think of that. Manifest destiny. Manifest destiny. We're going to cross this land and we're going to economically occupy and exploit it in a good way. Of course, whatever. There are very few places on the planet that human beings have not fully economically possessed and exploited. There just aren't a lot of places. And the Arctic and perhaps the Antarctic might be the last place. But the Arctic Circle is undergoing, and in, and this is what I'm fascinated by. I want to see what the human race does on the next great land rush. Are we going to be any better than we were in California in, in the, for, with the 49ers going for gold? Are we going to be bet, any better with the, the, with, on forestry or on the buffalo when we encounter these prolific natural resources and our desire to exploit them and there's like there's fisheries up here there's minerals yeah. and there's oil and gas at a minimum at a minimum at a, and there's more to be had totally and um, there's ancient species that have been frozen bacteria that have never been seen I ever and i want to see if we're if we've learned anything i, I mean the arctic i'm, I'm just I'll, i really am fascinated to see if the institutional structures that have been created since the 1800s operate a little bit better when we when we encounter pristine territory.
0: Well, that is an excellent reason why we have that at the number one uh, story here, the, our, our headline story on Coastal News today. Now, uh, Peter, we, we have a new Environmental Protection Agency five-year plan to restore the Great Lakes. <laughs> Tell me about that.
1: Well, in the, curating the news today, and uh, Dan Martin, our good friend, who's the host of the uh, uh, Next, Next Gen, Next Gen, Water Gen Waterfronts Fronts in Chicago, reminds us all the time that the coastline of America includes the Great Lakes. So I always try to pay attention to what's happening in the Great Lakes region. We've had historically Super high, interesting area, by the way, these days. It is. I mean— It's one it, of the most
0: interesting—I mean, okay, I just got to pause. No, jump like, in. F- Folks. Jump in, jump in. The Great Lakes are small little oceans, if you will, of fresh water. Uh, they fill up, they drain, they move from one to the other. Uh, the water moves, it creates flooding on, a, on an eastern shore and then on a western shore. Like, mm-hmm. it is a sloshy, slishy, sloshy basin and it is extremely complicated from a coastal geology and coastal physics perspective. And management is, standpoint. Oh, yeah. my goodness. And the amount of economic horsepower. I mean, yeah. we don't think about maybe in, in modern times to think about Chicago and Detroit and the the, the major cities that are on, on the Great Lakes as being as big as they are. But folks, yeah. these are some of the biggest cities in North America. Right. And they're there, and th- and by the way, these these port the port infrastructure and the reason why they're they're based there is still rele- very much relevant
1: to these economies. So, uh, well, and you've got and it's a multinational border, so you've got Canada and the that United States, and you know this week, uh, first of all, the twenty five percent of the the world's freshwater is that correct, Peter? I think that's right. I believe uh, that is correct. Thank you very much. And the five year revitalization plan that was announced by. Uh, by EPA Administrator Andrew Wheeler this week. Uh, they are looking at 4,000 restoration projects. They're looking at a total budget over this period of somewhere north of $2 billion. It's big-time money. And it's a lot um, of money, man. For people like me who are down in Texas, I've not lived around. Well, I lived in Michigan when I was a kid, but I didn't understand the Great Lakes. Uh, I was in Duluth. About three or yeah. four years ago. Yeah, it's hard. And, and what was amazing to me about the Great Lakes is the ocean going vessels that are in Duluth, Minnesota, because you can take an ocean going vessel from Duluth through the Great Lakes system, through uh, Lake Erie, through the St. Lawrence Seaway, out to the Atlantic. You can sail ocean going ships all the way into right. the heart and soul Peter. of America. And this is true on the Columbia River. Quick you can, pause. Get, you can Quick get to pause. Idaho. Quick but pause. Anyway, Quick buzz. I mean, Let's it matters. Move.
0: Let's plug. Yeah, okay. Folks, one month or so, actually. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Just about one month from today. Yeah. uh, We will be at the Atlantic Intracoastal Waterway Association meeting in Savannah, Georgia. Yeah. Now, what Peter is talking about here with this uh, circumnavigation of North America, or at least the eastern half of North America, the loop. The loop, as it is called. Mm hmm requires the use of the Atlantic Intra-Coastal Waterway. And we are going to be covering an incredibly monumental meeting, the 20th anniversary meeting of this organization. Now, let's think about that. This waterway has been in existence since the dawn of our country. Right, But for the past 20 years, we've been thinking about it in a more uh coherent coherent and strategic way yeah so we're going to this meeting we're going to be bringing all of the strategy and trend-setting knowledge that is is being put forth there to our listeners but we want to invite you to attend right uh, go to atlanticintracoastal.org yeah register go to this meeting come and say hello come on our podcast we'd love to have you on board this uh what Peter's talking about here in America is that we have our waterways ha- are an integral part of our economy going back to the
1: 1700s. Right. Certainly in the 1800s. Yeah. And certainly today. We were a we were a maritime country our economy was based on shipping for the first I don't know whatever it was 50 100 years in uh, uh, Water transport was the way that the economy worked. The Atlantic Intercoastal Waterway was built and improved over hundreds of years, but there's an organization of people who pay attention to this damn waterway and how important it is. And that's in continuing to evolve. This is economic infra- infrastructure on in the company. I don't know a lot about the Atlantic Intercoastal Waterway. I'm looking forward. Brad Pickle has introduced, he's the executive director of AIWA, has started talking to us about it. And I'm looking forward to going because I need to learn some things about this waterway and what it means and how it operates. So, folks, so. it's uh, November 21st and 22nd. And 22nd. And Savannah,
0: and Georgia. Savannah, Georgia, which is a beautiful town. Come and learn about this waterway. Come and learn about all the opportunity. If you're an engineering mm-hmm. firm, if you're uh, a recreational transport, goodness Christ, there's minutes. so much opportunity to be had on this damn thing. Uh, yeah, and that's what this annual meeting's all about. It's the 20th year anniversary, and we really, sincerely hope to see you
1: there. Yeah, and here's the fun thing, guys, is that Tyler and I are going to do this as a road trip from Austin, Texas. (laughs) We will. We're going to drive uh, to Savannah. Uh, We're planning on stopping in New Orleans and hopefully doing some podcasts about what's happening in the Mississippi River Delta. and, and, And there, we're hoping to stop in the Florida Panhandle. In other words, do a little bit of podcasting, a little research about the Gulf Coast. On our way to Savannah, and spend time with Brad Pickle, AIWA, and and the Corps of Engineers will be there, and all the shipping companies and the port folks. It's going to be great, and uh, and and cover that. It's it's, it's good. What's so cool about the
0: Atlantic Intracoastal is that it is so well divided between recreational users and commercial users. Yeah, like. Yeah. People like you and I, like regular laymen who are not, you know, commercial folks, we can go and sail this thing and like travel from the yeah. where we are now in Myrtle Beach. We could sure. the, the intercoastals right the way there. To Boston. We could shoot all the way up to, and they did, and people do, yeah. and it's so freaking cool to be able to do that.
1: Well, there's an economy that. That, that is built around what are called the loopers, the people who go up the intercoastal water through the St. Lawrence into the Great Lakes and down the Mississippi and then come around Florida and make the loop. And there's a whole universe of people. There, it, this is RVing. This is as if you were using an RV to travel around the National Parks of America and there's cool places to stop and great places to tie up and good restaurants. And this is part of the economy of the Atlantic Coast that is built off this waterway. Now, what was interesting as we were looking at this closer is when you talk about the Gulf Intercoaster Waterway, which basically goes from Florida down to Brownsville, Texas, right? Not a recreational federal waterway no such thing as loopers not lots of restaurants and bars it is not part of the history of this waterway that it's kind people, of a one-way street though it's it's a barge traffic i mean it is principally you can as a commercial user you you're allowed to as a you I mean as a recreational excuse me you, as a recreational you user are. you're allowed to of course you are yeah but the culture of the use of the waterway is still dominated by its commercial users yeah and that's the difference and i think It's really what I want to understand more at the Atlantic Intercoastal Waterway meeting is what is the relationship between the commercial guys who really are trying to make money on this waterway and move lots of goods and this intensive recreational use and what the conflicts create. And here's here's the other component is that
0: uh, we're going to be road tripping out. So we're going to be bringing a whole lot of shoreline coverage Along the way. I mean, we're going to be hitting New Orleans. Yeah. We're going to be hitting uh, that northern Gulf Coast there as much as we can. The panhandle. And we're going to be. Okay. Here's what else is cool, folks. We're going to be launching really for the first time uh, our kind of video component of, yeah, of gonna our try, brand. we're going to
1: try No, we
0: are doing it. I'm for it. It's in. Uh, now. And uh you will you will see us. We have a YouTube channel. We have uh Facebook Live and we are going to be uh showing you guys what we're seeing along the way and uh producing some video content as well. So uh, we're super excited about expanding ASPN, Coastal News Today's coverage of the American Shoreline to include video, to include... yeah You know, guys, we got to go to these live events because this is where the conversation happens. And um, yeah we're going to be bringing it to you the best way we can, and that's going to be yeah. using social media where we can, using Facebook Live, using YouTube videos, and uh, just showing you guys what's out there. I mean, there, right. I'll tell you, it's... It's inc- the, the American shoreline is truly a, a, a sight to behold, and it's, we it's need a to show it. It's a remarkable we, we're talking about part it. of our
1: country. We,
0: we, the podcast network allows us to capture the conversation, which is so important. We're not going to ever give that up, but there's something to be said for the picture. Yeah. And showing folks what's out there, and so we're gonna we're adding that to our portfolio. I and mean, we look forward to bringing that to you uh, in the next month. So yeah, uh, we will see you hopefully there. If not there, uh, you can catch us on all of our social media channels, and of course, subscribe to the American Shoreline Podcast Network wherever you listen to podcasts. Right.
1: So let's Tyler and I are not particularly, you know, we don't put this at the top of our list of things to do, but it is absolutely important. Subscribe to ASPN, rate and review it. Let us know. Uh, Coastal News three six five is our Twitter handle. Find us on Facebook at Coastal News Today. Look for us on LinkedIn. Uh, and what else? We got it. And and subscribe to Coastal News Today. I mean, we this this is a, a news information service. Uh, the supporters that we have have really helped us survive in our first year here. We need other people to step forward. And I think the quality of the work that we're doing is warrants it. Uh, and and we have an incredible audience now. Uh, I really love the composition of no who's listening to our stuff. And so if you're in the business of, of uh, managing the coast of America, uh, you know, be part of Coastal News today. Be part of ASPN Uh We'll help you get your understanding, your message out to the world at large. We're great at that, and uh, we we need your help. And so sign up! Damn it, it'll be good for you. It's not a plea couldn't for help. Say, it's couldn't like say it. We, it's couldn't say any better. Yeah. No, no, no it's, it's not a plea
0: for help at all. I mean, folks, we we just appreciate the support we get, and uh, we re, we rely on supporters to keep us keep us run. Now. Peter, uh, we have a few minutes left on this podcast and I want to circle back. You know, you ran a really interesting story that um, caught me because I'm super interested in our uh, American wild horse policy. Yeah. And uh, you ran a story about these uh, containment fences that go out into the sea specifically for, this is on the outer banks right here in the Carolinas. And um, unfortunately, these fences are killing fish
1: uh tell tell me about what's going on there well you know it's it it's one of the great things about the outer banks and and people are very proud of this very unique thing that happens which are the wild horses on the outer banks of north carolina Uh, the story is by mark price from the charlotte observer and uh what is happening in in terms of managing the population of these wild horses they have they've traditionally had certain barriers along the shoreline that kept the horses on one end of the island or the other. And those were cable uh, cable barriers. And they recently upgraded that and they put in a, a, a steel fence, basically, that has small. You got a great photo on the homepage, right? Yeah. Man. on Coastal News Today you should look at it. It's on the t- front page. But this, this net, essentially, it's not a net. It's a steel fence, and it's a little bit better barrier, but unintended consequences here at high tide. This fish populations that are moving up and down the shoreline, are, this is acting as a gill net, and the fish kills are very high, and it's disgusting, and it needs to be changed. And the advocates for horses need to make this adjust, adjustment, and uh, I know that they care about the horses, and we all must but you gotta do this stuff no you, you got to balance this out no you don't I'm think sorry. well no, no? <laughs> I agree that we need to balance it all out but
0: I have a special word uh this is gonna be an unpopular word I welcome your fan mail uh folks uh mm-hmm. but
1: or 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 not fan mail or
0: or disgust mail but yeah. and I get a lot of that but uh here's the thing uh these horses are are not natural to the environment these are uh
1: no, so they're not indigenous to they're, the North American no, continent. No, these,
0: these are these are introduced by the Spanish, and uh, we have this like special legal situation where we protect these things even above and beyond endangered species. I mean, horses are protected in a way that a bald eagle isn't.
1: Yeah,
0: and I, I have to say that uh, we need to think harder about the way we manage uh, these these barrier islands where we have these horses running. I know that it's a great habitat for them. They're extremely adaptive animals. And by the way, they're beautiful. I love horses. Yeah, Very This is nothing against the horses. This is a broad uh, discussion about managing our environment, our coastal environment. And um, I think that the coastal community needs to, obviously, folks, I understand that millions of dollars are tied up in people coming to see wild horses on the beach. It's, there's something majestic yeah. about that, Yeah, but it is an unnatural situation. It was never that way in North America. It's, It's not the way it should be and it's disneyland on the coast i'm going to stand by that Mm. you can put my my signature on that one
1: the folks at uh, corolla wild horse Fund may may give us a call and want to talk about that give me a call i'm happy to talk about it we would do a show about it i mean uh, but here's why i like this story and it's like so many that we select when we're curating coastal news today is it is about the interplay of coastal interests on the shoreline, where they're vivid and they're side by side. So there's an organization that really wants to work to protect these horses and sustain them, the Corolla Wild Horse Fund, uh, and in their effort to do what they like, to be in their silo, to put their agenda... There's
0: no such thing as a wild horse. Let's just begin with that
1: one. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't pa- know where I'm we're going to begin. Pa- i pass pass in But look at the implications for the shoreline, both in terms of its visual impact on the shoreline to have these... These uh, fences running down the beach, and then of course the nature of the fencing and and the fish kill associated with it. So yeah. all along, it's the good American story, Peter. It's it's all about the what is the appropriate balance between. It's a, it's, I'm it's, not it's trying to pick sides. It's a
0: perfect story. No, no, it's a, I'm,
1: I'm going to set my my bias to the side go ahead, and just say go ahead.
0: this is exactly what we're trying to do: is show the like the, the complexity of the shoreline. Right here, we have a non-native species that we is beloved and legally protected, unlike any yeah. other animal certainly in the, the wild America. horses and burrows act goes above and beyond the endangered species act and what it does for those rare animals that are horses and burrows. <laughs> yeah and because those run wild on certain barrier islands uh, we must protect them and this is a this is part of a, the, the, the warp and weave of the fabric of the American shoreline, and and frankly, you know, our, a good chunk of our audience. I want to give a shout out to our Australian listeners, folks. We drive a global audience. We focus on the American shoreline, but make no mistake, uh, we a good chunk of our audience
1: is overseas. So we want to give all of our international yeah, about 15, listeners about fifteen percent of our listeners. I think somewhere between ten and twenty percent are. Outside I'm gonna of have country. to look that up. I think it's somewhere in there i mean it's it is i mean you know, aus- i think you're uh, close our australia- i think you're close i think it's uh, about 10. But- in our, well in our readership on the yeah it's somewhere 10 to 20. i mean uh india england a- australia new zealand uh, are our big are readers and listeners yeah. i think i'm, I'm, I'm really loving we thank you to all of our uh,
0: international supporters hey peter uh we've got a a couple minutes left all right let's do Last, let's do concluders, you know, let's, let's wrap this thing up. I know we got more news to talk about, but yeah, no, ladies and gentlemen, there's always more news. Uh,
1: Peter, what, what's on your mind tonight? Let's uh, close it out. Well, I, I, I think that what, uh, what I'm kind of reflecting on is the fact that, uh, this is the third time we've been at ASBPA with a microphone trying to do something. Indeed. The first one was the pilot in 2018. Uh, no, 2017. 2017 Last year, we made an appearance, really our first major uh, event that we tried to cover, and they went reasonably well. Between that conference in October uh, of last year and this one, there were a lot of moments along the way where we weren't sure if we were going to keep doing this or how mm. we could keep doing <sighs> it. And it was a little bit of a week to week thing and we have persisted. Day to day thing. It could yes, it was <laughs> there. And you know, we're just like, well, let's just keep doing it and see if it catches some wind. That's how I've thought about it. And and I it's do like f- the
0: doldrums in yeah, the old we, days. You
1: know. we right. right in the middle. And it, it has to have a certain credibility. You're wondering if what you're doing is, is relevant to people, if they find it useful and valuable. And uh, it's great to come back to ASBPA and encounter people who are, who have said to us tonight, you know, we've listened to, I've listened to a lot of your shows. This is really great. I think it's, and I'm like, really, I'm a bit surprised because we don't get a lot of direct feedback. And, and so at this point I am, I'm really Tyler. Thank you. You and I have partnered on this, worked our ass off, created this thing out of whole cloth. And I think it's, I'm proud of it. I think, the network of hosts that we've put together is strong and going to get even better. So I'm just really very, very happy to be back at ASBPA, our touchstone on Coastal News Today and the American Shoreline Podcast Network. Happy to be here.
0: Well, I, I would echo all of that, Peter, and uh, I would just say, you know, obviously a huge thank you to ASBPA and uh, CDM, CDM Smith, Smith and uh, all of our Sponsors and supporters between uh, two years ago and now, I mean, folks, this has been a baptism by fire. Basically, we just kind of went into it with a belief that the coastal conversation needed to expand. We needed to create a, a place for the conversation and that podcasting and, and coastal news today, a, a, new, a simple news aggregator that captured the whole space not just a, a singular sp- a piece of it but the whole space that that's that's what was needed and um, we're doing that and it's it's due to your support and your uh, belief in what we're doing that has allowed us to continue and I can't even begin to express my personal gratitude uh, for that and I can't even as as grateful as I am, uh, it's dwarfed by the excitement that I have for what is to come because we have so much more story to tell. Uh, the work that you all do as professionals, as policymakers, as thought leaders, as trendsetters in this space is totally worthy of this podcast network to cover. And that is what we do. We go out and we look for that and we, we shine our light on it. And uh, obviously we need you and uh, we believe that we provide you all a service too. So here's here's the deal. Support us. give, Put your advertise with us. Our audience is precisely where you should be. We are talking to the decision makers, the thought leaders, the trendsetters in the coastal space right here. If you are listening to us and you are looking to expand your brand, you want to get the message out, you should be a sponsor. You should support this conversation. That is what we do. That is the niche we fill. So uh, that's what I have to say is a, a big thank you and a big give us a call. Um, obviously you guys know our website is coastalnewstoday.com you can reach Peter at peter at coastalnewstoday.com and you can reach Tyler at tyler at coastalnewstoday.com we both would love to hear from you um, this involves y'all like we we need you to survive <laughs> We do. and uh, we we want to survive because we know there's so much coming down the line that we need to cover so Uh, Thank you again to uh,
1: all of our listeners. I'll let let you, Peter, uh, sign it off. Well, incredibly well said. I agree with everything. And uh, Tyler, thanks a lot. And let's do another great year on Coastal News today. And uh, folks, uh, sign up, subscribe, find American Shoreline Podcast Network on Apple Pods, Google Pods, Spotify, Podbean, and many uh, platforms Join us, be part of the conversation, let us know what you think about what we're doing, and uh, we will look forward to talking to you this week at the American Shorn Beach Preservation Association meeting from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina.